right, so welcome to the Goat House of Troy, New York for the RPI Athletics Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Joe Piscicano, your host, joined by three members of the men's lacrosse team. I'm joined by captains J.P. McGrady and Lucas Basterash, and then also starting attackman Will Colleen. So we're just going to start off with just some sort of personal, simple questions. Um, how'd you guys all get involved with lacrosse? Because I personally didn't even know it was a sport until about eighth grade, and it's got kind of like a niche following. Yeah, so uh, I'm JP. I got started in lacrosse in fourth grade. Uh, one of my best friends, dads, really was trying to get me to play, um, and I finally did it uh, in fourth grade. I played baseball still at the same time because we were young enough to juggle both sports, but I sort of fell in love with it because you can pick it up really fast and uh, just kind of start going and, and contributing early. And uh, I didn't actually quit baseball until eighth grade, I think. Um, but yeah, that's how I started. So was it more like your your school that had it, or was it like a club sort of activity? So it was our town. Uh, so basically, a school team. We played at one of the local schools on a grass field. Yeah. And um, Will. So I think I first started playing when I was about four years old. Um, wow. My first, my first stick off in Long Island, so across pretty big there. And my dad's a professional speed trainer, so he was training a lot of. Uh, college and high school athletes at the time. So um, because of that fact, he kind of got me into the sport and got me going to a couple of camps when I was young. I mean, the stick was probably bigger than I was at the point. Um, and I just played throughout my life, played a bunch of other sports as well, but lacrosse and lots of stuff, I guess, throughout. Gotcha. And here he is, Lucas. Uh, my path is pretty similar to JP's. I had an older brother, so he started playing probably when he was in fifth grade. Uh, once I saw him playing, you know, I wanted to do the same thing. So I played for my town. Um, all the way to high school, you're gonna have a middle school school like that. So, and like, what was it about the sport? Was it like, cause it's, it's really, it's kind of different from others. Like, it's not just all brute force. It's not just all speed. It's, it seems to combine a lot of different aspects from basketball, football, ice hockey. What, what sort of, what is, was it that part of it, or was it something else that um, really made you guys pick it to go full time with it? For me, I bounced around between a lot of sports. I mean, I played probably every sport you could have as a kid growing up. And I think it was the fact that it was a combination as well as growing up on Long Island. It's just, it's a huge sport there. Okay. It is like the sport. Okay. So, I mean, everyone plays, so just kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I'll probably just say there's the high speed of it. Uh, it's pretty intense. It's like hockey, like basketball, a lot of back and forth. Um, Especially and, for your position because yeah. you're a midfielder. Yeah, so I did like, yeah, I played midfield, so a lot of running, but back and forth is pretty quick. And then um, besides that, there's a hit people, which is nice. NJP. Yeah, I, I sort of fell in love with it because of the speed of the game. It's a really fast game. I played midfield as well. So it's a lot of back and forth and you can sort of like use your speed on like other sports like uh, baseball where it's not isolated as much. And then uh, I also played football growing up and that those two sports sort of translate into each other. I played running back. So that helped with like a lot of the dodging and stuff early on. Um, and as soon as the stick, your stick skills develop, it just becomes so much more fun. Um, and that doesn't take very long. So we have a lot of kids on the team that didn't even start playing until high school, and now they're playing at a very high level in Division yeah. Three. So, like, you, you sort of pick it up and fall in love with it fast. Okay, so just to make a correction, I'm with starting midfielder Will Cooley, not mm-hmm. starting attackman. I'm joined by the starting starting midfield group right here. So we kind of have already kind of touched on this, but the, my other question was, what other sports did you all play growing up? And how did you get the name Willie Football? Um, so growing up, I mean, I played soccer, baseball, basketball, football, wrestling, lacrosse, um, 
And I guess he's I, really flexing on us right now. I'm not flexing. I'm just trying to say that I played. I, when I was young, I'm saying when I was young. <laughs> Everyone plays a lot of sports down there. And then when it came to high or middle school, I guess I ended up choosing that between uh, football, wrestling, and lacrosse. And then um, I mean, played those throughout. And then my senior year, I became the starting quarterback of my high school team, and we had a uh, we had a pretty good year. Um, and that was kind of around the time of Johnny Manziel. It was called Johnny Football. Okay. So then. I mean, I was, I'm obviously not the biggest guy, so I was kind of a scrambler, big running quarterback. Um, so the name kind of, someone called it after one big game and named just stuck in my town. And then when I got to RPI, a couple kids would go on my Instagram and Twitter and saw people saying, Willie football, Willie football. <laughs> and then it kind of spread through that. They asked a little, couple questions. And then up here, it's more of a joke. Down home, it's a little more serious of a nickname. Oh, okay. Here, it's more of a joke. Gotcha. Okay. So, how about you guys? You you said you mentioned you played football. And yeah, growing up, I played football. My dad loved football growing up. My dad also loved hockey, but he never got to play because uh, my grandfather refused to wake up at six in the morning when he was young for practice. <laughs> so uh, that's one thing that my dad uh, actually let me do, which I'm thankful for, is play hockey growing up. Um, that was a blast. I played football, hockey. I said baseball, uh, lacrosse, and then also golf. Okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah, and then my senior year of high school, I had one, one season of soccer under my belt there, so that was fun. But uh, you guys yeah. have a pretty good club hockey team, from what I remember when I played, like the intramural. Inter- yeah, intramural seven yeah. championships. Seven seven years in a row, we yeah. won the intramural championship. Yeah. That's <laughs> there's like one three thing. teams in a week. So yeah, <laughs> but we always mess around with recruits that are from uh, hockey hotbeds, and we'll ask them like, "Hey, do you play hockey? Like, we're recruiting for our intramural hockey team." Okay, so that's, gotcha. That's pretty funny. Gotcha. Yeah. Lucas? Um, I was pretty hockey-focused when I was younger. Um, then once I picked up lacrosse, I pretty much just stuck with those two. Okay. Um, so did you play high school but, hockey? And yeah, I played high school hockey. Did you ever think, because I just had Tommy Grant on last week for an episode, and he talked about sort of junior hockey and how the recruiting process is different compared to your sports where it's, you just go right from high school to the to college. But did you ever think about playing junior, or did you play junior hockey? Um, I did a bunch of my... Friends did, a lot of people I know played junior hockey. Um, you know, it's a couple of years after high school, so I wasn't really trying to do that. And also, I don't know if I was good enough to play either, so I skipped that one. Okay. Hey, it seems like you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> one funny uh, story from hockey with me and Lucas both growing up. We played each other in high school, and uh, we were lined up on a face-off and chirping each other, <laughs> like going, going back at it a little bit back and forth. And, like, we didn't realize until – like halfway through freshman year that that had happened <laughs> and you guys continue to chirp each other oh, yes yeah. <laughs> okay so with the, that note um talk about your guys team culture a little bit you guys have a very large team and not everybody gets to play but at times it seemed that the bench is as important as the guys on the field they've got some of the best celebrations i've seen waving the sticks around and doing some crazy walk i don't even know what it is but it, it just it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun out there regardless of what your contribution is on the field like and I'm I know a lot of them are younger underclassmen freshmen and sophomores and were you guys ever in that position or did you guys all come in and start on the field right away so freshman year like all, up until this year basically I didn't play that much okay. um but in the past it was sort of wild sort of crazy but this year like it was a huge focus for us like the bench like, that was one of our goals like to have the bench extremely loud all year like be, be a factor so I wish that sort of thing was around when I was on the bench because they have a blast with it. They'll like plan what they're going to do before the games and before the goals and stuff. And it's awesome 
when everyone else is supporting you that much on the field. And it's funny to look back at it too. Yeah, especially at Cooper Urban's last second shot to send you guys into the se- into the semifinals this year. And we're seeing, I think it was Ricky Bakovich just, yeah. just like bowing down. And it was one of the coolest celebrations I ever saw. And just So, okay, that sort of answers it. But again, talk about that team culture that you guys have for, for you two. Um, I mean, it's a lot different this year than it's been in the past, for sure. I think a lot of that stems with our new coach and new coaching staff. Okay. Um, we have a lot more fun just in practices and in games, but we're also a lot more competitive in practice as well. Um, I mean, at the end of the year, a couple guys started scrapping out in practice at the end, a couple drills. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot more competitive, but also we have a lot more fun with it. And our coach encourages it. Our coaches get all excited on the sideline. Um, talking about Cooper Irvin's goal at the last game, their second last game of the year. If you watch the film too, you'll see our coach start jumping up and down and almost <laughs> like high knees down the side after we score. So it's a completely different atmosphere that wouldn't have been possible in the past. Um, and does it carry off the field as well? Like when you guys are in the locker, like I saw him on the cross country team and I'll walk by your locker room and I'll hear music blasting and just, it seems like it's carnage in yeah, there, but yeah. I don't know what's going on in there because yeah. the door's locked. But <laughs> yeah. So that's one thing we've always had in the past with such a big team um, and us living together freshman year. Uh, you just create bonds and are so close with all the guys. Even just like during the week, hanging out on the weekends, like we're all together all the time. So that's one thing we've always had. Uh, just like such a tight knit group of guys, always uh, taking wax at each other, you know, telling jokes and all these inside stories, whatever. But that was really able to like translate over to the field a lot more this year than in the past. It's very, very interesting. Very cool. Anything you guys say about that, Lucas? No, or they kind of covered it. Hit the nail right in the head there. You got it. All right. So this is a personal question of mine. Who picks the goal songs? Because not many other sports get to really have that aspect. Like when you get a touchdown in football, the pet band plays, and hockey sort of they do their own thing. But you guys have like a specific set of goal songs every year, and they're fl- every year it's fire. It's <laughs> like who picks them out? Because it can't be the same guy. He's probably graduated by now. It's our. Our juniors like usually mix it up on their laptops before and they'll use like kind of funny songs or funny like little quotes that they have and they'll just mix it up so every goal song is different. Um, and it's you, the juniors response. The juniors, you know, you know Jack Kutcher, like um, Owen and all them guys, they're really good at it too. Dylan. But yeah, Dylan too. It's just fun. You know, it gets, it's always something there, so it's really fun. And people make requests too. It's so like when Old Town Road came out, um, that was one that someone just said, hey Jack, we need that on, on our goal song list. Um, gotcha. And I mean, different little sayings and stuff like that. Kids will give them all the advice or send them text messages like, hey, this quote or something like that. Yeah, where do the quotes come from? Because they're always absolutely like, well, look at that or something. Movies, TV shows, yeah, memes. A lot of memes stuff, to be honest. Okay, so that's thank you. And so this is for Lucas and JP. You both have some of the craziest hair size out there. You got the mullet, and I don't know what you have, Lucas. But just explain the inspirations for it. Because you two aren't the only ones with these crazy hairstyles. But it seems like a lot, like during the playoffs, you all dyed your hair different colors. And what, what sort of, because I don't see many other lacrosse teams doing that. So what, what about RPI brings that side out of you guys? Well, for me, I, I've had a mullet since uh, like the first game of the season. And that for me was sort of just like, I've been wanting to do it for a while. And I'm going to have to get a haircut after I graduate anyways <laughs> and go out into the workforce. So. I wanted to do it just because, like, you know, I'm all in. I was all in on it, and just wanted to get the mullet cut. And then I knew guys would get crazy haircuts later on. Like, 
Will, a bunch of the freshmen, a bunch of the sophomores all got crazy haircuts for the Liberty League. So I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, the bowl cut. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and, but you've had this this whatever mop on your head. Mop, since mop. Since well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have had this mop for a while. Um, I mean, I don't really care about my hair that much. Some people are really like um, uptight about it. Like, I think it's just. Well, you keep take good care of it. Like, like I, think, I know yeah, friends I that they talk, about, they talk about your bun. How like you tie it so tight? There's no fly. Yeah. Like, well, I, I try to look presentable at most points, but when you got the helmet on and stuff like that, it's just you know, have fun. We play a lot of kids who don't do it either, but. They're probably worried about their hair. You know, they had that problem here. A lot of guys at this school, so kind of chop it or bleach it or do something to it, make it look fun. So, yeah. yeah so it's just sort of you guys, a personal thing. Like, yeah. Has yeah. it been like that well, all four years? Like, you guys all doing the crazy hairstyles? Or? A lot of people have, like, mustaches and, like, beards so they could, like, shape them and stuff like that, but I can barely, like, get my facial hair going, yeah. so I might as well just do it to my hair. Pretty yeah. Much. I don't know. Crazy haircuts have sort of been in the culture for a while. And we have younger guys like Owens hair is absolutely insane yeah uh, and then a couple other kids Aiden rocks the yeah. but all like Oliver Kaya had one yeah. I mean Oliver Kaya yeah, he had some awesome hair too yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll keep doing it for a while I'm sure I think so yeah. yeah so that's been around here since before. you guys don't even know the origin story of it it's not even a story it's yeah. just more I did, I did in high school too sometimes during playoffs people would do molts and stuff like that so yeah. I guess it carries from high school a little bit okay. a, lot of, um, a lot of hockey teams yeah. do it in high school okay. at least in Massachusetts and the crossbows generally have longer hair to start with so you got a little bit more to work with gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> alright so it's trivia time here Uh-oh. on the RPI Athletics Podcast and <laughs> we, we got some good questions here so um, what tournament did RPI lacrosse compete in in 1948 the Olympics. Yeah. Wow. So yes, Olympics, that yeah. I looked that up, and I. So you guys knew that. Mm-hmm. Do you know which team they they fought they faced off against? England, Great Britain. Yeah. So what, what's that's Will Colleen with going two for two really <laughs> football here? And do you know what the mm-hmm. result of the game was? The championship game. I think they won. Watch the score. It was a five to five tie. Oh. How they, <laughs> they ended in a tie? Ended it in a tie. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. They still do that, though. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I didn't even know you could have a college team compete in an Olympic event. It must have been. Who knows what's going on back then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where they played? Do you know where they played? I think you... I actually don't know that. We could look... That, 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 that'll, go on the, that'll go on the next podcast. Okay, it could be overseas or overseas. Yeah. <laughs> they Did played they? in England? Uh, that's from the producer, so they played in England. That's probably why it was a tie. <laughs> yeah. The even yeah. up game's over. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna we're gonna go a little into um other lacrosse, uh, not just RPI. Um who holds the division one record for all time points? Do you know how many it is? Wild Thompson. Wild Thompson, do you know how many? You Albany product actually. Two two forty something. Way it's higher. Way oh, higher. Like, no, it's in no, it's all four just, seasons. All four seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like okay. four sixty-seven. Four hundred. Four hundred exactly. That's a lot of points. Jeez. And now this this is is a hard one. So the legendary Paul Rabel, he's starting up the Premier Lacrosse League. It's a new professional lacrosse league. What high school did he go to before Dematha? Is Dematha where is that? Dematha's in Maryland. So he went, he went from California, I'm guessing. No, it no. was Watkins Mill High School. Where's that? In Maryland. Oh, okay. So he transferred from. I just, oh, I just no, watched I the story today. I would have gotten, never gotten there. Yeah, he. So he, st- he had to start at his local high school, which I assume a lot of you guys did too. 
and then he transferred to a private school because he was trying to get more exposure. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Yeah, it was because he grew. He, I mean, the '90s was really when lacrosse was starting to go big, from what I read. And he, like he said, he didn't really like the, his high school had just started a team. Yeah. Yeah, so, it turned out to be one of the best ever. Yeah. So. yeah. That's what we're saying. You start in high school and you can be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, really. So, um, what are your guys, what, we're going to go back to, so we got trivia time done now. Um, we're going to go back to a couple more questions about you guys. So, what has been your favorite moment as a player on the team? You got four years, a lot of memories. Yeah. Just you take a moment, go through, and kind of figure out what, what you want to talk about. Honestly, for me, I think my favorite memory of lacrosse was probably beating Clarkson um, two weeks ago, whatever, two and a half weeks ago, just because we were down by so much and we were able to just battle back. Um, I mean, a lot of teams, when whatever we're down by five, six goals, whatever it was, won't be able to come out of that hole. And uh, that's something we struggled with all year, but we were able to kind of put it together with the last game. And we had a lot of guys step up in the last couple of minutes. So. Especially these two. I yeah, saw a couple, a couple of yeah, points yeah. there in the last yeah, couple of minutes. Yeah, we'll have the assists and the assists on the game Coopers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It really like when I was watching that game, I, it looked like you all, all were just kind of willing yourself to get back into that game. It was just kind of like you were just Lucas were just pushing through guys at one point. I mean, that yeah. just seems to be your style of play. Yeah. Talk about that. How does how does that happen? I mean, I'm pretty much one handed. I don't really go to my right. So okay. I pretty much just try to find like any open space and just yeah go to the rack hard. Pretty much the big thing that we were our coach would talk just go towards that as hard as you can. And so if you get a slide or something like that, you move the ball. If no one comes, just shoot it right away. So um, yeah, you can like mess up some really smart kids that play in our league. Too, so <laughs> yeah, it's not too hard. So, so what was your favorite moment at four years here? Um, was, was there a specific goal that you scored? I was going to say something completely different from Willis. Mine was going to be our freshman year. We went on a uh, spring break trip to San Diego. And our uh, our hotel was like direct. Our big thing on our team was like dogs. We just like everyone had a sweet dog. with all our dogs at the game. And we had a, our hotel was at a dog beach. So literally we'd walk out of our rooms and like the beach would just be filled with dogs. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, it was so fun. Like all 50 of us on the beach just having a time. Dogs running around everywhere. It was just, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Like like the dog parties in the group message. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes like we have a big group group message with all our guys and uh, someone will post a picture of a dog and say like dog party. And then every single other person immediately posts pictures of their dogs and like older pictures they have saved. It's just sweet. Like, Look at all each other's dogs. <laughs> I don't know. It's awesome. It's awesome. You guys I have recommend. one of the funniest cultures. I highly recommend. I recommend. <laughs> yeah, that's that's see that that's one of the fun. Like that's what you. It, it, that's what I like about this podcast. It's getting to know the players, the stories that you that you don't see on the field, the stats that you don't see, and that's a great story. So thank you that for yeah, that, Lucas. And uh, now you talk about your one of your favorite moments. So I'll talk pick. about. I'm going to talk about two things. I'm talk talk about my least favorite moment first. Okay. Was, okay. Uh, we took, I think it was a Liberty League tournament our uh, sophomore year. We went up to RIT and we stayed at a hotel the night before. Freshman, freshman, freshman year. year. Yeah. And uh, so we're in this hotel and uh, we're all going up. Our rooms are all on the fourth floor and we're on the first floor. So we jam like too many people into an elevator pretty much. And, uh, the, and the elevator got stuck. And uh, they were like, we were like shoulder to shoulder in there. And... Uh, <laughs> 
some people were sort of starting to freak out a little bit and that we were hoping that wouldn't spread. Like people were starting to sweat and like, like try and call people on the outside. We sort of tried to calm them down, but our assistant coach at the time was a fireman uh, in New York city at one point. So he sort of like took control of the situation. But when we got out of that elevator, like we had something else coming for us. Like it was just sheer anger and like, it was disbelief, but that was just a crazy moment. Our coach was mad. Yeah, he was mad. He was mad. Yeah, because our assistant, or one of our coaches, was outside the elevator, but also one of like our Brad assistants was also in that ele- in the elevator too. And he was freaking out. He was. He thought he was going to get like fired. Close to fire. Yeah. He was really freaking out. Yeah, we had eighteen guys on the elevator. Oh crazy, my so. god! I wasn't even in it, but I just know oh, yeah. the stories of what. Were any of you in the elevator? Yeah, both of us. Wow. Wow. Okay, so now let's talk about something better. Well, you say you have two things to talk about? (laughs) So my uh, my favorite memories, that Clarkson game was crazy. Uh, That was definitely one of them. But uh, it's like scoring my first goal this year against Keene State. Uh, JT assisted it. And I just like was probably the best shot of my life. I I felt like I closed my eyes. Like I didn't even (laughs) really look at the net. (laughs) (laughs) After the ball went in, I was just in disbelief. Like my head was through, like in the clouds. Like I, if you watch it, like most of my goals, I was in disbelief after I scored. Like my <laughs> celebrations are just ridiculous. Yeah, like, I was gonna talk like, about the celebrations. Yeah, talk about you guys. They some of them seem elaborate, and others just seem spur of the moment. So one thing, JP's big celebration is headbutts. <laughs> after he scores, he's just too excited. He can't can't calm down, and he just starts headbutting everyone. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, some people plan them out a little bit, especially some of the sophomores that like to get creative. But us, we're, I guess we're just a little too old for that. And we just kind of raise our hands and we're not cool with it. Yeah. We don't do anything good. I got I nothing do cool. Anything cool either. I'm pretty much just like too tired, excited or tired or something. I'm just like, all right, let's go. Let's get, love, get off the field. Like, yeah. We love coming in. Like the six hats together thing was big. Like we always, the six guys on offense always come together though. Okay. Like, that's huge. Okay. Like just being around everyone after you score, and like talking about what's working and stuff like that. So like that's we talk a little bit of strategy after we score sometimes too. So okay. usually yeah. plays like involve yeah. more than one guy making a play. Okay. So after that, you like you a good pass and yeah. like and you usually we'll talk about so what's open and stuff. Let's talk about that because so in basketball, they, you sort of have set plays. Like you, the, I see the coach draw it up on the little board, and then same thing in football. Like there's a playbook. Um, but, and then in hockey, you guys all, most of you have played hockey and it's sort of, a lot of the times it's just dump the puck into the corner and then dig it out and set up. But what's it like in lacrosse? Because sometimes it seems you guys go in transition on, after a clear and then it just kind of get to the net. But then other times you'll send it behind the net to JT. And sort of, for those of our listeners that don't sort of know the strategies of lacrosse, kind of talk about your guys' system this year a little bit. Talk about how, like how it, how it works. Um, so the big thing with us, it all depends on our opponent and uh, what type of defense they run. Because if they're running a zone or a man defense, we're going to be running different plays. Um, and then on top of that also, depending on how they run their man defense defense or their zone defense, um, that's going to change our schemes up a little bit. So like pick and rolls? So and- yeah, so some, some games it's big pick and rolls. Others it's going to be a lot of backdoor cuts. Okay. Um, sometimes you just need to, you're going to be put on one-on-one on an island and you just have to beat your guy and score. Um, so is it more free-flowing, or is there a playbook? There's play? both. So it's free-flowing and a playbook, and certain games will be more free-flowing and just, just kind of put us into a set piece. And then other games, it's we have certain plays that we're going to run against this team because we know that the way they play, they're vulnerable. Okay, very interesting. So like 
one comparison you can make is basketball. I never really played basketball, but I recently heard like they usually start with a set play and then that sort of sets them in motion and then they sort of just free flow from there. So it's sort of like we do that a lot um, where it starts with a play on offense and then uh, after that it's just sort of like movement and knowing where to go and, and where to be off ball and like set pick, whatever. Okay. All right, so now we're going to kind of switch over and talk a little bit more about being a student athlete and other, like, being friends. Are, are you guys friends with other athletes here, or is it more just... Clearly, Joe, come on. We're oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, but I'm a little out there, so. So just kind of, are you, is it, do you guys feel that it's, obviously, you're, you guys, you've told me that you guys all live together. You've been living together since freshman year, and so you guys have a really close team culture, but does that... Do you guys ever expand to other students, not even other athletes, just other students from your classes? My freshman year, um, you guys know like Tom Horvat. Um, okay, on basketball, yeah. Ago, yeah. I'm trying to get him on here, actually. Yeah, so. he'd be a great one, too. But he was my, our three of us, um, our suite mate. So we like shared a bathroom with each other. Um, I have class with Tom and Bard. But yeah, I mean, athletes pretty much um, like hang out a lot with other athletes and stuff like that just because... So you guys, would you go to Tom's basketball games? And yeah, some, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been to state school times. There, one time over there too. Um, trying to think of whether football boys, football. Yeah, sure. and there's a lot. Me and Luke's been to Lally School, so we have a lot of football friends. Um, that we kind of met through classes or living to, in the same dorms, um, freshman sophomore year, and then they just kind of expanded. We're good friends now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we're friends with the lacrosse girls as well. Um, there's a couple of guys, Pat Morton and Quinn Fettig. Where chemies too, and uh, so we spend a lot of time with those lacrosse girls as well, and uh, who are also chemical engineers. Yeah, they're also okay. chemical engineers. Uh, yeah, so like, we spend a ton of time with them. Um, formed pretty close bonds with them too. Uh, you guys actually live across the street from each yeah, other. Yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. So now talk about sort of being a student athlete here. What? It, so you guys are both in the business school, which is a little weird mm-hmm. for a lot of a lot of the other guys on the team because most are engineering students. What's it like being a business major? Do uh, do people ever make jokes about? Oh my god, <laughs> engineers love to make business jokes. Trust me, it's awesome. Uh, it's funny though. We like it. Um, I was the only um, management major our freshman year, and then Will came along, which was nice. Um, a couple other guys went from like IMEs to business, but. Um, I like to hear a lot. They let, let you do a lot of like creative stuff um, with your degree. Um, I like the classes overall, but juggling it with school, I, mean, I wouldn't have stellar grades, but it's doable. Um, just gotta like learn how to study better, I guess, and gotcha. do stuff like that. And for those listeners that don't know, when Lucas referred to IMEs, he's referring to he's referring to industrial management engineering. Um, it's a pretty big major here. And also, I you mentioned the engineers love to make business jokes. I always laugh because um, to engineers, they just sort of have this superiority complex about their major being so much harder. And a lot of my friends that are business majors at other schools, bigger schools, they're kind of viewed as like really smart people because yeah. business is not by any means an easy major. It's just not as much like part like writing work, I guess, as an engineer, but still takes it like economics is a very hard class and and such but so that's just sort of a little blurb that i had in well, there, yeah, i appreciate the support yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so now here we have jp who is a chemical engineer and even among the engineers everyone admits that chemical engineering is probably one of the toughest majors here i had lavisa salander and karina bolton on here a couple of weeks ago 
and they also they talked about just the curriculum being so just banged out like so much so much extra work that a lot of other majors don't see yeah it's pretty non-stop I mean as soon as a sophomore year hits you get a lot of those intense courses um, so you sort of learn how to work early on and if you don't you'll switch majors um, <laughs> but yeah we like they I weed said, you out quick yeah they actually do that's like the whole point it's we started out with by 130 chemis and it's down to less than 100 now I think but uh it's crazy yeah so one thing that helps a lot is is your friends and I was fortunate enough to have Pat Morton and Quinn Fettig who are all on the lacrosse team as well and uh those lacrosse girls I won't shout them all out but um yeah so it really helps having friends uh sort of struggling through it with you and that can help you um you know get your assignments in on time study for tests and, and pass your courses but uh it's definitely hard to balance that with athletics uh, you learn how to manage your time really well and that's a, a really important skill for later on too i think so um if you can put the work in it's definitely worth it all right so speaking off of that do you guys have plans for after college are you are you going to continue to play lacrosse in any form or is it just going to be right into the workforce and see where life takes you i'm going to try and play lacrosse in like men's league i'm hoping i can uh well, I'm going down to Texas, so I'm hoping I can be like an assistant coach part-time or something for a high school team because the sport's really starting to take off there right now. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. Football's big in, in Texas. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that'll be fun. Yeah. Kicker JP. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so is there like a club team with your with your company or is it just you'd have to find one? No, there's, there's men's leagues around. Uh, so I, I have to research a little more, but there's definitely men's leagues year-round. Okay. You will? Um, so I mean, be, you're Long Island, so I can't yeah. imagine you're going to be giving it up after. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going to New York City to work for Deloitte. Um, okay. So depending on my schedule, I mean, I could be pretty busy for the first few years, so I might not be able to play too much. But there is a, uh, it's like an RPI alumni team that plays down there on the weekends. Oh. So I'm going to join that actually um, when, I, when I move into the city. I'll play with them for a little bit. It's a couple guys like Chaz, Bell. Okay. Um, Brian Brisson, I'm not sure if you know those guys. I'm not, I don't think I older. know them. Um, you know Jacob Shable, his older brother, plays on the team. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a pretty good amount of guys who play on it. It's pretty competitive. A bunch of ex-college lacrosse players. Um, so it should be fun, but it really just depends on... Is it all RPI? Um, so the team is not all RPI. It's a lot of it's a lot of RPI, but it's not all. Um, and then the league, of course, is just a lot of Division One and Division Three college players. Cool. Now... How about you, Lucas? Uh, right now, I'm in the process of applying to play in Australia. Um, my brother played out there after he graduated um, college, so it's like club, pretty much. Um, is, it, do you get, is it like a professional league? Uh, no, it's like, okay. it's like club. It's, they do it differently down there. It's more of like a, um, I guess we call it like a district club team, pretty much. Okay. So um, they don't have like professional or anything like that, but um, I'm waiting to hear back my visa and stuff like that. So okay. I'm kind of just waiting, but yeah, I got no career plans ahead. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so you're gonna be having you're gonna be all you're gonna be upside down by the time we by the yeah. time we come back. I'm already upside down. <laughs> we'll be right side <laughs> <out>. yeah. <laughs> That's cool though. I mean, when you come back, you should definitely talk about your experience yeah. with my that. brother. Loved it so, and he said the other time of his life for like six months. I didn't even know Australians played lacrosse. So that's yeah, I didn't know much about it. Um, yeah, they kind of try to hook you up with some sort of job to stay afloat while you're there, but um, he loved it. I think it's more for the experience, too. Do you know where you'd be living? Um, Adelaide. Um, Is that a beach town? 
I don't know too much about it, um, okay. but I don't know if it has necessarily a beach in the town, but um, it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, I, but. I've always wanted to visit Australia. I'm a surfer. I surf a lot. And I mean, so Bell's Beach has some of the yeah. most, it's one of the most famous spots there. So if you get the chance, you should check that out. We went, I went surfing yeah. with JP uh, yesterday. My first time I got absolutely tossed around. Yeah. Rip. Oh so you're God. a surfer too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When did you start? the rip curl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got the rip curl. No, I started uh, in high school, I think sophomore year. I moved to Rhode Island. Okay. Um, so that's sort of when I picked it up. There was an old board lying around in the house and the family that moved out of the house was like, yeah, keep it. So I was like, might as well try it out. And I sort of fell in love with it. Was this like how early in high school? Uh, sophomore year. Okay. Yeah. So I actually started when I was in like third or fourth grade. I've just, I don't know how I caught wind of it, yeah. but I think I, I used to go to the beach all the time. I used to see it and um, I just wanted to do it and I skate, I skateboarded a lot. And then um, I, I got a, Santa got me, got me a surfboard <laughs> when I was in third grade. It was a bright orange surface, and I used it. We, I mean, it, it would after like five years, it fell apart, and we just kept gorilla gluing it together <laughs> until I could finally get um, until it finally just sunk, and I had to get like a, a fiberglass one. But it's a really, it's a cool. I don't know yeah. if you um, like follow it at all, but yeah. it's a really cool culture. And it's it's awesome. Like I, I'm. Have you surfed? Have you so you've, you're from Rhode Island? Yeah. So you have you surfed anywhere besides Rhode Island? Yeah, I've surfed in uh, Hawaii. Wow. And Cape Cod, Rhode Island. Yeah, but mainly most like mostly Rhode Island. Okay. So I actually haven't been able to go anywhere except the Jersey Shore. Yeah, but the Jersey Shore is awesome. Like, uh, I'm good friends with T Mac, who used to be on the team. Yeah, Tyler McCormick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a great guy. He he loves it too. He makes boards down in the armory basement. Yeah, I didn't know that. He actually helped me make one this fall. So I made my second board, really my first board this fall with him. And uh, yeah, the Jersey Shore is incredible for surfing. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Like way better than Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did so what, what did you that? think of it your first time? Um, I thought it was going to be easier than it turned <laughs> out to be. But the thing about surfing that I didn't really get is like it's violent. Like, if you're not, like, ready for it, like, I got, once I came back in after trying to ride a wave, I would try to, like, get back out, you know, to catch a wave, but I was, like, was timing it up so badly, so I was just getting absolutely ripped back um, with my board. Um, I'm pretty sure my feet were above my head at some point. Um, yeah, it was so much fun, though. It's like, uh, we were just talking about, it. it's like, it's like you're having fun, but it's like, you're also, like, really kind of anxious about, like, not getting killed out yeah, there, like which is awesome. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it was really fun though. Any tips? Someone try. So it actually, I taught myself. I would, I would talk. The biggest thing is talking to people when you're out there that know what they're doing. Which you had JP. It sounds yeah. like. Um, but I really was a self-taught surfer, and I ended up being able to teach my whole family. All my cousins that's now that's surf. That's awesome. All my sisters surf, and it's it's really. It took me about two years to really kind of enjoy it and get past that just getting beat up by the ocean mm. phase because you I, now you know from experience it's just a lot of pounding and the one key that I that I actually saw it in a, I think it was a movie called Chasing Mavericks is um, finding your way out past the breakers through the paths of least, least resistance like not going straight into them mm. finding where they're breaking out on the far edge and being able to get over them quickly and I mean, what do you think, JP? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. The hardest part about starting out is getting out uh, and, and not getting
getting pinned inside. So when I was first starting out, I would sit inside where all the small waves uh, like start to break so I could catch the smaller ones because uh, I was afraid of the big waves. But I quickly learned that that was a mistake because you get the bigger sets that come in that are bigger waves that you're scared to actually surf. But this, what's even more scarier is getting swept all the way into the beach by just massive whitewash. <laughs> and that's one thing that I, that I told uh, the guys before we went out. There were like six of us. I was like, if you see a bunch of people start paddling out as fast as they can, you know a couple of big waves are coming. You better start paddling out as fast as you can too because that wave is going to break. 20 yards further out than you actually are, and it's going to take you all the way into the beach. Yeah, counting the sets and yeah, such. Yeah. yeah. No, I, that's, and um, it took, I mean, I was younger, so it probably took me a little longer to figure it out, and obviously you're bigger and stronger than I was in fourth grade. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. We'll go back in time and see. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's definitely just, find, and also finding finding your way out there, but realizing that just taking the, the white water in, it, when you're first learning, that's the smart thing to do, because um, eventually you'll figure out how to turn mm -hmm. turn the board and get onto that clean face of the wave yeah. and whatnot. So, have you ever gotten barreled? Because you surfed Hawaii, and I, I Jersey, it has to be hurricane season to get barreled, and I've only gotten it once. Uh, I'm so jealous. I have <laughs> not gotten it yet. Uh, I did go surfing in Hawaii, but it was like I, I'm terrified of the North Shore out there. Um, I am too. I don't think I would ever touch that place. Like I'll never. I don't think I, that's probably one of my goals though is to do that. But not only is it territorial out there, um, but it is just absolutely ruthless. That you're surfing on you're surfing on top of waves, coral reef. Yeah, and in four four feet of water Screw right that. above a razor sharp reef. So I was surf. I've surfed uh, like way less scariest parts on spots on long boards basically but i still cut my foot on the reef one time it's super sharp but never gotten barrel i'm still chasing that <laughs> now it's it was one day it was actually my team the the my, my grade the two twins on the team they had a, a shore house on long beach island and i met their neighbor who was a surfer and i actually it was i just kind of saw him we were all hanging out on the beach and i saw him just in the distance surfing and then he was surfing without a leash and his board got washed up onto the shore. And so I ran over to grab it and just sort of started talking to him. And he, I was like, do you have another board? And he was like, absolutely. So then he got me, got me, got me another board and we hung out the rest of the day. And he was like, do you want to do this again tomorrow morning? Cause there's going to be some, he's like the swells coming up. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So we woke up 6am, had my little, my little sausage patty and, um, and then he, he, he didn't have any shortboards cause I normally short surf like six, three, six, four shortboards, but he only had these 10 foot monsters. And I was like, Oh my God, like how, how am I going to control this thing? And he, he was just like, just ride it really like, well, he said, ride it really like diagonal when you're catching the wave, ride diagonal. And sure enough, we get out there and it, I thought these things were like 20 feet tall. He was like, yeah, that's like a seven foot or so. And I'm like, Oh boy. This is going to be a rough day. So then I get out there and I get tossed around. The board's flipping around and I'm chasing it down the beach. And I'm like, man, I'm really embarrassing myself right now. Like this guy's helping me out. And then it's some, for some reason, I don't know how, but somehow I just caught this wave and I could see the barrel sort of like just curling. And I was, and so I, I he told me, he shouted from the beach. He was like, come on, his name was Kyle. He said, grab the wall. So I stuck my hand into it and that, I've never felt so much force. It just, it was a you were stuck and 
then wave crashed over me, crashed over me, crashed over me. And I was, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And then just got walloped. Just yeah. play, got, got washer machine and yeah. flipped over head over heels. So that, that's, that's one. I didn't, didn't complete it, but yeah. I counted. It, oh. I was in the barrel. That totally sounds good. That totally sounds <laughs> I've heard people talk about it. I, I, people, uh, my friends that live in Hawaii, and they say as soon as you get your first one, it's just like you're addicted. It's a crazy sensation because you're, enveloped in that water and you can't hear anything else all you hear is the water and all you can feel is the water and you can't really like you you, you are stuck there from what i've heard yeah yeah it's you stick your hand in there yeah. it's like a yeah. yeah i had the opposite experience i got barreled twice in my life and okay. it scared me from surfing both times <laughs> yeah i didn't like it at all did you get through it oh no absolutely not no, i got i got like tossed up the wave and they got through going back down on my back and didn't feel too good i didn't like it so now you got a couple experiences to look after yeah no yeah. <laughs> i'll go after jps and yes <laughs> but um so i guess anything else you guys want to talk about maybe just a, if any incoming freshmen are listening to this what would you tell them as a lacrosse player what what do they have to look forward to especially with this new coaching staff because you guys were under thompson for three years and now you got coach scott for this first year what do they have to look forward to in year two of the Scott, Scott program. Um, a lot of opportunities and a lot of competition, I would say. Um, our new coach is really open to competition. He loves competition. Um, so, I mean, when you when they step on campus, they ready, they better be ready to go, um, in shape, ready to compete. And uh, anyone can play. I mean, this year, at the beginning of the year, we were playing three, four midfield lines, which we've never done in the past. We've played like one or two. And it's mostly just the first line going out. When they're tied, the other line will go in for a little bit. So, there's plenty of room for opportunity. For, competition um yeah just gotta be ready to bring it for sure i would say all right jp yeah i'd say the same thing like never get discouraged uh there's always opportunities like what was saying and if you keep working at it and uh, the coaches recognize that they'll help you out too and uh just never let it get you down that uh if you're not playing or something just keep working hard and your time will come but there will be opportunities that means a lot from a player like you because you said you didn't really play much your first three years this yeah. was sort of your breakout year yeah, so that the coaching staff helped me a ton with that. I learned all of us as a as a team, like the player development is huge. So like, even people that had been really good but the same for the past three years, it got a lot better this year. That brings up Lucas. Yeah, I'll just say it is what you make of it. Um, there's always, like Will said, there's always opportunities. Um, people go down, people get hurt. Um, but besides that, enjoy it. Um, yeah, enjoy your four years playing lacrosse. School we'll always comes second, so go <laughs> lacrosse. Okay. All right, so that's good. Back going to wrap it up again. I'm joined by Lucas Bastras, J.P. McGrady, and Will Colleen, the starting midfielders for the RPI men's lacrosse team. Signing off. Thank you for listening, and thank you to my executive producer. We are coming, Vincent Vindo Petrino. We are coming to you live from the Goat House of Troy, New York. <laughs>